This is the Maxing You Podcast. Maxing You Podcast. Where dating extraordinaire, fitness expert, and former Miss Marilyn talks all things self-growth and relationship elevation. She's got you covered on mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, relationships, and self-care. You got a girl that could finally do it all. You're one place to listen to for all the things that matter. Now, here's your host, Coach T. Hey guys, it's Coach T here with another episode of Maxing You. So you've tuned in just in time. We've got this amazing series. It's all about relationships. So this month, every interview uh, that we'll have is all about people who are in relationships or looking for relationships. We're going to hear tidbits of advice. So today I've got Daniel Geffen, who will be um, on our podcast, and we're talking about his relationships, but he's also an international best-selling author, a husband, a father. So it'll be great to get that insight. And for those of you who are single and interested in getting in a relationship, you should check out our masterclass. The details are located below. Sign up. We're going to be teaching you the tools and tricks to help you go from single to in a relationship. But first, let's hear what Daniel has to say. Hi, guys. It's Coach T, and I am back with another episode of Maxing You, talking with today. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Um, and he's all the way in Israel. He is an international best-selling author. I've told you about some of his other accolades. And you guys know that we're getting into sort of this relationship series this month. And so I'm going to be thrilled to hear about everything Daniel has to say um, by being you know, the successful um, entrepreneur and podcaster with his awesome show. And I'd love to hear what he's got to say, of course, about relationships. But first, let's learn a little bit more about Daniel and sort of hear, you know, what he's all about. So Daniel, take it away. What do you want to know? I'm, I'm an open book. You're an open book. So tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and what it is that you do. Wow. It depends on what hat I'm wearing. So either I'm husband to my wife for 14 years. I don't know how the hell she put up with me, but there you go. Um, or I've got daddy hat on and that's five little rascals, five little kids all under the age of 12 right now, homeschooled yeah. thanks to COVID. Um, and me and my wife are losing our minds. Um, and then you've got uh, sort of the more business hat on where I've run a few companies uh, then you've got the author hat. I've written a book called The Self-Help Addict. Uh, then I've got my podcaster hat, which I've had three shows, uh, the Can I Pick Your Brain show, the Daniel Geffen show, and I just started the Grow Your Show podcast. Um, so those are the hats that I, that I, that I wear pretty yeah. much. No, wow. Yeah, you, you are quite busy over here. We have, uh, what do we have? We have four under the age of five also homeschooling four so, under the age of five what did you guys do My i know i know so <laughs> so feeling the pain of you so okay so tell us so first i, I love to hear um about you know kind of how is it that you so tell me about like life before your wife and sort of how you navigated that because you you mentioned that you're like the self-help guy who was a self-help addict Right. And so, so many of us have so much information about relationships that we've downloaded over the years and some people just get overwhelmed by it. So then I just like to break down people's stories and figure out, well, you know, how did you navigate from being this single person to actually getting where you wanted to be? And what did you learn? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> life before my wife 
was a nightmare. <laughs> it was just like, I can't, I don't even want to think uh, about those days because, um, you know, I say this not, not to be humble, but I really believe my wife, if it wasn't for my wife, I, I really wouldn't have accomplished all the things that I have. Um, before my wife, I was kind of this single guy, um, pretty, very, not pretty, very low self-esteem. Um, when I say addicted to self-help, it was just binging on self-help books, trying to figure life out, just trying to um, consume as much information as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized that I was addicted because every time I would read a book and finish it, I would then start another book. And then it's like, you know, when you watch a YouTube video and you just find yourself binging like for hours, just trying to, you know, how to X, whatever X is, and then you don't, don't end up doing anything with it. Um, so I guess it goes back to when I was in high school. Um, I didn't get much attention at home. Both of my parents came from broken sort of homes. Um, and so they were emotionally scarred. So I didn't get much attention at home. And so I try to get attention at school, but, um, that backfired because I ended up being the class clown and realized, um, that they weren't really laughing with me. They were laughing at me. So I went from sort of like the happy clown to the sad clown, but I would never, yeah, but I would never show it on the outside because, you know, you don't want to, you know, as a, as a guy, especially, you don't want to show that. Uh, that weak side and so I would pretend everything was okay and I would still be laughing and smiling and you think I was just a regular you know but inside I was dying like I was depressed very sad Um, and then yeah and then meeting my wife changed everything because uh, I found someone that I deeply connected with and that deeply connected with me Um, so it's actually a funny story because I kind of tricked her into marrying me, which is, which is um, funny because she's from LA um, and we met here in Israel and uh, I ended up flying to LA to, to date her. Um, but she sort of had all the time in the world, right? She wasn't going anywhere. Um, and I kind of was this floater. I, I didn't know what I was doing and I couldn't stay in LA forever. So I pulled uh, what you call a classical um, takeaway clothes on. Uh, that's what I did. I called her bluff. Um, I essentially, like, we got on a phone call one. It was a Saturday night and she said, hey, how are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm good. Um, but I've been thinking about things and I think it's uh, maybe time to end things. I think we should just, you know, se- go separate ways. I'm going to go back to to England and you know, maybe date other people. And I think you should as well. And of course, as I'm saying this, you know, my stomach is like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Daniel, what are you doing? Are you crazy? What if she, you know, what if she says, okay, like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, and she's like, no, why would you say that? I think it's going great. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, the more I date you, the more I fall in love with you. And I just don't want to get, you know, too heartbroken. So I think it's just better to end it now. And she's like, no, let's just, let's just, let's go out you know, one more, let's just go out one more time and see, and see how things go. So I said, okay, fine. On one condition. She said, sure. I said, we have to play this game called spin the bottle. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, but no kissing involved. It's just going to be asking questions. 
So basically, we spin the bottle. Um, and before we spin the bottle, we write down 10 questions each that we really want to know about our partner, like our partner in life, like deep, deep, deep questions. Mm -hmm. So for example, like, you know, um, what do you want written on your tombstone? Or, you know, if there was a fire that broke out in your house, what would be the three things you took with you? Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so we went, we went to the beach the next day, we made a little picnic, and uh, we wrote down these questions, we folded them up, we put them in a hat. And then we spun the bottle and whoever it pointed to had to answer the question. Um, and by the end of the game, she looked at me and she said, I'm ready. And so oh. that was that. Well, that's so sweet. I love it. I love it. Of course, the matchmaker in me is just like, I love it. So, so tell me this. So before your wife, were you doing like lots of dating or were you just trying to figure out life? So that wasn't your primary focus. Um, both. So at first it was just trying to figure out life. Uh, then I started dating. Um, I'm still trying to figure out life. I mean, I'd be a fool to say I'm not trying to figure out life. Like anyone who says that they figured out life, you need to run very right. far away from them because they're deluded. Seriously. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think we, we spend our whole life, uh, trying to figure it out. And actually the, the day you realize that you don't know anything is the day that you've probably the closest to the answer. Mm -hmm. No, I think so. And, and I loved uh, when you talk about sort of this self-help book sort of overdosing because I think people don't talk about that enough. Like there's so many people who love to learn and they're interested in bettering themselves and they keep learning, but they never put anything into action. And as a matchmaker, I see that all the time with people and with dating and love. You know, they're, they know what to do, but no one's executing anything. And they're all complaining that they're finding the same types of people over and over again. But it's like, you're not doing anything different. Yeah. So, okay. So now fast forward. So now we're now, and you've been married to your wife for 14 years. So congratulations on that. That's amazing. And so what is the stickability factor? What makes it work 14 years later, a whole pandemic later, <laughs> homeschooling kids later, what's sort of your secret sauce? I think a big one, there's a, there's, I think there's a lot of factors, but one of them is space and respect, mm. um, respecting someone's space. Uh, you know, a big mistake people make is when you get married or when you're in a relationship, you, you don't see the other person as a separate human being living in a separate world. They, they live in your world, but that's not the reality. The reality is, is that there's two worlds that come together and they have to coexist because if they, if they don't, that's what, that's when the breakdown happens. And the way that you can have two worlds coexist is when each world respects the other one's world. I know that you need space and you need time and, and you have certain opinions that I may not agree with, but I respect that in your world, this is what's going on, right? This is what you believe. Um, you know, my wife used to hate when I would watch, uh, you know, movies late at night. It was just a thing that she just didn't, you know, she grew up with a father that I went to bed really early and woke up early. And that was like the guy that, you know, the man in the house, that's what they did. And, and I didn't grow up like that. I grew up going to bed really late and waking up late. And that's just kind of my schedule. But uh, so there was a lot of friction the first few years of marriage where 
you know, she would come and be like, uh, you know, Daniel, don't you think uh, it's a bit late? And I'd be like, no, I don't. I think it's perfectly fine to be like, you know, and it was just really annoying because I would just get annoyed because give me my space. This is my space. I just want to chill. Like I've had a long day at work. I would put the kids to bed. We deal, dealt with it. Like now it's just my winding down time. Leave me alone. Get out of my space. Right. And she'd get frustrated because she's like, well, don't you think it's late and you need to get up early and blah, blah, blah. And when she was able to give me that space, where she realized, okay, this is his time. This is what he needs. Yeah. Uh, then, then things started to change. And the same thing with a lot of things that she would do that I didn't, you know, I didn't give her space for. Um, so I think that's one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. and, and so when you were dating, did you have this laundry list of things that your perfect person would be? Yeah. Um, yeah, but actually a lot of them came true, um, amazingly enough. So I, in my mind, I pictured a very bubbly American girl. <laughs> <laughs> Loud and fun and energetic. And that, and she's now five kids later, still as energetic and loud and bubbly. She's from California. Uh, so there you go. That might be part of it, but, uh, you know, Valley girl. So, uh, yeah, that was, I, yeah, I kind of got, I kind of got what I wanted in that respect. Um, there were nice surprises. Like I didn't know she could cook and oh my God, she like, wow, she, <laughs> whatever comes out of that kitchen, it's, it's incredible. Um, but at the same time, there were, there, there are things that you have on your, like whatever shopping list right. that, that may not be there. And, um, I think we're living in a generation where people need to freaking get with the program. Like, hello, life ain't, you know, you're not getting everything. You got to make sacrifices. Listen, the minute that you, that you get married, you are essentially saying no to every single female or male out there right. on the planet. Right. That's a big commitment. Like that's, <laughs> that's a huge, uh, sacrifice, right? But when you make that commitment, you've got to realize that you're making a commitment. So make that commitment with the understanding that it's not going to be easy. And that when times are tough and when it's hard, you know, that's not the time to just say, oh, well, I guess I'll just throw this out and get another one like a bag of chips. It doesn't work like that. I don't know what happened <laughs> that we, we kind of just, you know, throw relationships out like they're used, you know, laundry or whatever. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and so when you were first started dating your wife, your now wife, were you, um, were you doing like social media dating? Were you doing the app stuff or were you kind of more old fashioned? No, uh, we were old fashioned. We actually did a blind date. That's how we met. Um, I didn't have any social media till much later. Um, in fact, when I started my first podcast about four years ago, I didn't have any social media following at all. I didn't have any following online. I was totally invisible online. In fact, podcasting is what catapulted me into sort of, uh, you know, this whole nother world of, of online visibility. And, and, you know, that's kind of how I grew into, into my position in, in my companies now, uh, you know, 
my agency, my podcast booking agency, and my platform, Podbooker, um, those came about just through getting on, you know, basically being exposed to the podcast space. Before that, I had nothing, no following at all. Okay. So that, that also speaks to my point. So I'm always telling people to go back to sort of the old-fashioned way of, of doing things um, instead of this sort of constant swiping and like the next best thing, which is, yeah. you know, one of the bigger problems. So you have a business. You're wildly successful. You're an author, all amazing things. And so how does that work with your relationship? Is your wife in the home? Is she out of the home? And how do you balance that? How do you balance the two? Uh, so she's amazing. She's like my number one fan. She's been, you know, always sort of pushing me to start a podcast or to start a business. Um, she's, she's kind of like, uh, she sets my big goals, you know, she kind of goes, Oh, come on, we can, we can hit this. You know, she, she doesn't have any involvement in my businesses. She doesn't really want to be involved at all with them. Um, but, uh, but she's kind of like on the sidelines cheering me on, if you will. Um, so she's a full-time mom um, and uh, she likes to, to take care of the kids. That's kind of the, I've told her she could be like the most successful entrepreneur. Like I, like, she's incredible. She would be, she'd be online and within days she'd have like a huge following. Just people would want to follow her. Um, but she's very discreet. She doesn't, she, she deleted her Instagram about two years ago, um, deleted Facebook. She's totally not at all connected online. Um, she just doesn't want to be part of that world. It's a, it's a world where there's a lot of fake. Uh, there's a lot of crap, a lot of jealousy, um, a lot of ego. Um, and she just doesn't, doesn't want to be part of it. And, uh, so she lives in her own little bubble world, which is a beautiful place to be. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And so for the parents out here, so so many people who are listening are going to be able to relate to this that are that are moms or, you know, that have children, you know, multiple children. So how does it work? So how do you give you and your wife the time that you need? Because you've got five kids. So how do you keep that sort of going? Because that's a, I mean, that's a major thing, especially if you, are in the home. I mean, I'm not in the home full time and my kids are always like latching, you know, for more time and more, you know, more mom. So. Yeah. I think it's always quality over quantity. I just, uh, I don't spend a lot of time with my kids because I've got this, you know, I've got two businesses that I'm juggling. One of them I just launched and there's a lot of work that needs to be put in to, to really grow it. <laughs> but, um, but, but if you make quality time, that's, that's the key. I just took my oldest son out for, um, just to go and grab a bite to eat. It was a 30 minute, you know, in between meetings, you know, I took him, we went to a place, we ate outside. Um, I just sat there and just listened to him talk about school and what's going on in his life. And just, I just gave space. I gave space to him and, um, and that's really what it's about because your children will, they'll remember those moments, right? They'll remember the quality moments that they had with you. And even if 90% of your time you're busy, but if the 10% that you spend with them is real, 
you're not on your phone, you're not multitasking, you're not talking to your friend while also being with them. That's BS. If you say, oh, I, yeah, I take out my kids, but I'm like, but you're on your phone half the time, or you're kind of like, you know, WhatsApping or, or talking to a friend, like that's not, that's not really spending time. But if you're spending quality time, it doesn't have to be a lot. Um, that's going to tell them that, that my mom or my dad cares, meaning that they're busy, they're busy people, but they care about me. They make time for me. And when they make time for me, it means a lot. Like they really mean it. And sometimes I'll take my kids to the forest and we'll make a fire. They'll go and they'll collect wood and we'll all like grab the wood together and we'll, you know, we'll make a little fire together and we'll throw some hot dogs on there and, <laughs> you know, we'll sing songs and be there till it's like nice, like nighttime. And we'll, you know, it, it's just it's beautiful. It's an experience. And my kids will never forget those moments with me. Um, and it's away from everything. And I don't have my phone on and I don't, I'm not doing anything other than spending time with them. So it's not about spending so much time. It's just, it's just a quality time. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. I love it. I love it. I love all these nuggets you've given us. So as a final word, if there was one piece of relationship advice that you could give to the listeners, what would it be? A final takeaway. I think the most important thing is if you really want to give to, to your spouse or to your kids, you've got to be able to have self-love before you can give it. Love isn't available unless you have it to give. And so in order to give yourself love, you really have to take care of yourself first. Um, and the way to do that is to realize and recognize your, your value in this world. Um, every single person is created for a reason. We're not here by chance. We're not, we didn't just suddenly just, you know, randomly, you know, appear. There's a reason why every single person has a unique fingerprint. There's no two, there's no two people on the, in the entire planet that has the same fingerprint as you. You have the unique imprint and, and you are unique. And someone once said something to me that really stuck with me. And that was what other people think about you has nothing to do with you. And the reason why that is, is because everybody has their own world that they're living in. And most of the time when they're, when they have an opinion about you, it's just a projection of themselves. So it has nothing really to do with you. Don't take it personal. Um, everybody just wants to be loved and appreciated. Every single person, I don't care who you are. And so when you walk into a room and you're thinking, I wonder what they think about me, you know, like, well, how does my dress look? Or, you know, am I walking the right way? Am I talking the right way? Am I doing this? Like, just remember that nobody really is thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. They're thinking the same thing you are. They're thinking, oh, how do I look? And how is my dress? And how is my hair? So if you, if you realize that, then you can flip it around. And instead of thinking about yourself, you can think about the people in the room and realize that every single person in that room just wants to be loved and appreciated, just like you do. And so if you give other people that love and appreciation, you become the most attractive person in the room. It doesn't matter what dress you're wearing. I love it. Very good. Very good nuggets. Well, thank you for being on the show. Um, and where can, where can the guests find, you know, what you're up to? Where can they go? 
Well, I guess my latest thing that I'm working on is podbooker.com. So uh, for those people listening that have a podcast and they're looking to get guests on their show, uh, you know, Taylor invited me onto this show through podbooker.com. And if you're a person looking to be a guest on other podcasts, um, then you can set up a guest profile on podbroker.com and you can pitch other hosts on the platform to get uh, booked on their shows. So yeah, if they want to find out more about what I'm doing, it's either either podbroker.com or they can uh, check out danielgeffen.com for my podcasts. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks for being on. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for having me on, Taylor. Bye. Bye for now. I hope you really found that informative. It was great having Daniel on. Uh, if you'd like more information about relationships and other topics that are dear to our heart at Maxing You, please follow us on IG at Maxing underscore you, or you could check us out on the web at MaxingU.com. Again, if you're single, you've definitely got to sign up for our masterclass and that can be found, uh, the link could be found below. So sign up and grab your spot. We'll see you soon. This was another episode of Maxing You. Keep up with Coach T off the podcast and follow our Instagram at Maxing underscore you. Follow us. Want some more of Maxing You? Yeah, I'm lit. Yeah. Visit our site, MaxingU.com.